Hi there, microbiology people. This is Dr. B talking microbiology. Specifically today, I'm going to talk microbiology lab. Besides the audio recordings of lecture chapters or you know some other microbiology topics, I also record shorter episodes regarding lab activities, especially when you are doing lab activities or lab experiments that are a little bit more complicated or you know the interpretation may be challenging. This first special or lab special is more an introduction to the microbiology lab and then later I will be touching on the mic microscopy. And I have to talk with lab safety. Any microbiology lab <clears throat> you do um, you will go through, you know, the, the guidelines and the protocols and the safety rules and they would be read and probably you had to sign some kind of acknowledgement that you have read them and, you know, you are ready that if you are not following them that you may be removed from the lab. And very often this becomes a little bit of a routine thing and I don't want it to, you know, stay as a routine thing because lab, a microbiology lab has the additional layer of danger, which has to do with manipulating live microbes. And I'm going to tell you a real story, which happened, um, I forgot, maybe five, six, maybe more years ago. Um, there was an outbreak of salmonella infections uh, throughout a number of locations and um, I forgot which part of the country but it was eventually traced back to teaching labs because in the past it was very normal to have salmonella as one of the test organisms in the lab so somebody you know didn't follow the safety rules took it home and salmonella can spread very easily it's usually you know, it's GI infection and it can be, you know, unpleasant and so on. But still, that um, caused a lot of people to rethink what kind of microbes they use in teaching labs. And I'm happy to say that at least at National, we don't have salmonella among the, the usual organisms. Um, so safety is about two aspects of safety in the microbiology lab. Well, your personal safety, but also your family's safety, like whoever the student who took salmonella home uh, did, it, you can bring a disease infectious agent back home if you are not careful and maybe, you know, you consider yourself healthy and you are not afraid of a microbe, but if you have children, if you have you know, elderly parents, or sim simply somebody could be more vulnerable, it even a microbe that is not essentially dangerous could be, um, you know, dangerous for people who are more vulnerable. In addition, your pets can be also infected, and salmonella specifically can can infect dogs and cats and, and other animals. Um, not to mention the safety or lab personnel. When I say lab personnel, it can be even, you know, people who are cleaning 
the lab after you leave if you you spilled live bacteria on the floor and you didn't follow the the steps to disinfect it somebody can come later and you know step into it touch it something without suspecting that there was a danger so it is the safety your personal safety family safety lab personal safety etc but it's also the safety of your culture particularly if you are doing a research project such as uh, the tiny earth one which we do in our lab which requires you to obtain a pure culture of an interesting bacterium and that's a unique bacterium it's yours it's your research we don't have it in the we don't have backups of it in the in the fridge so if you get your culture contaminated it it is lost you try to recover it and sometimes you can recover it but um, contamination can destroy your uh, your results and in real life if you are working in a lab or handling lab specimens an unsafe handling can you know basically invalidate your results so i hope i have your attention now and let's talk about general lab safety protocols so there are a few basic ones and these have mostly to do with your safety um you know you need to wear close those shoes why because if a needle you're going to to be working with some sharp instrument along the way or something falls on your toes and maybe it has bacterium punctured the skin's not a good thing um, same thing that we we want to minimize the exposed skin so you know lab coats are advice and you also should have you know longer pants or you know the minimum skin exposed to minimize the risk of a, of a microbe you know scratching or falling onto your your skin and maybe infecting you other um, issues that have to do how we dress for the lab has to do with hair um, in our lab we have bonsen burners when we need to sterilize certain instrument that we use for microbiology so you don't want to have your long hair lose because you know it can catch fire if you don't if you're not careful um, also anything loose or you know jewelry stuff that could get in the way or can get stuck somewhere should be um, you know should be minimized or secured Another thing is that you are not supposed to drink or eat in the lab. Um, there are places to leave your your water bottle or your snacks outside, and you know you can always step out if if you need to. Now, um, the other major area of um, of safety regulations or safety protocols has to do with where do you discard what. Um, there will be a number of different containers to discard lab stuff and you will be shown which one you'll be explained which is for which but let's go you know one by one there are red biohazard bins so this is biohazardous waste so anything basically that is alive and can be discarded will go there 
or when I say alive, that could contain live microbes. So we could include here, you know, blood and urine samples or anything that comes from your body, uh, swabs that you use to take, let's say, a sample, you swab your throat to do a throat culture that is also considered biohazard. Also, any plates that have cultures on them, so the petri dishes that we'll be using all the time during the course uh, with bacteria, microbes growing on them, they should go into the biohazard bin. The exception to that is what we call sharps. And sharps can be, um, for example, slides. If you are using and discarding microscope slides, you should put them in the sharps. And in general, any sharp objects that could puncture the biohazard bin go into the sharps container. Okay, so there are two containers for biohazard, the big red biohazard bin, which has a, a plastic bag in it, and the sharps container, which has a, a, um, a smaller, much smaller opening. And that's where you put the um, whatever object you are discarding that is sharp. Note, don't ever try to, you know, if you discarded something in the sharps container by mistake, don't try to retrieve it, don't put your hand into that slot. It's sharp, it can be sharp, it can cut you, it's better just tell lab personnel. And in general, you know, anything that happens, any mistake or accident, spill, etc., just tell your instructor, tell the lab personnel. We are grateful to know that it happened. It happens to the best of us, it happens to the most experienced people, so don't feel bad about it. We will, you know, help you to take care of it, or we take care of it ourselves, but please don't hide if something like this happened, because if we don't know what it is, um, you know, it may, it may be dangerous, or if we notice something, but we don't know what it is, we don't know how to handle it. Then there is a, uh, so going back to the containers, there's a container for broken glass. And, um, you know, sometimes it's called the broken glass container, sometimes it's just called glass waste. And this is for clean and broken glass. I do want to say about living things that very often you will be using broth that are in glass tubes. And of course, those broth are full of microbes and they are alive, but you don't want to discard the glass tubes because they are reused. And there will be a, you, you will be told where to put those cultures. It's usually, um, very often it's just a dedicated um, tray that you can put those tubes and then they will be eventually out of clay before being washed and reused. Okay, so please don't put glass tubes either in the biohazard or in the sharps container. Those are reused. There are also, um, there is also regular, regular waste and um, anything that is not sharp or biohazard can go there. And this includes also potential biohazard that has been disinfected. How so? Let's say that you are working and with a, I don't know, E. coli broth and you made a mistake and there's a spill of E. coli. Uh, 
So what, you, what do you do when you have a spill of bacteria? Well, first thing you want to do is avoid that it spreads. So you just take a bunch of paper towels and put it on, on top so it starts absorbing the liquid and prevent the uh, for it to you know go further and then you're going to spray down with lab disinfectant there are spray bottles everywhere so spray it down with the disinfectant then you wait 10 minutes for the disinfectant to act and then the disinfectant should have taken care of that bacterium you can actually throw those paper towels um, into the regular waste and please let the uh, lab personnel know if if you had a if you did a, uh, a if you had a spill. Okay, I'm thinking what else to tell you. Mostly um, regarding the spills. So, at least in our lab, we use very large white trays um, that are going to contain all your let's say, potentially dangerous living material. So you want to start when you go into the lab to put that tray, disinfect it. This is something that will become your second nature. You know, you spray with disinfectant when you start, you spray with disinfectant when you end. And then everything that has to do with cultures and petri dishes or anything um, hazardous is going to go into that tray and you are going to work above the tray so if something happens a tube slips off your hand you can you know it's going to fall in the tray it's not going to scatter or flow everywhere these are some of the um, you know most common general precautions about um, you know what you wear where you discard things, what you do in case of a spills, etc. But another additional um, layer of safety has to do with behavior. How do you behave in the lab? Um, lab, by definition, is going to be much more dynamic than a lecture room. You'll be usually working with a, with a partner, you'll be talking, you will be you know, moving around, gathering your supplies. Um, you know, maybe asking for help, you need to take things from one place to another, maybe borrow a reagent. So it's going to be dynamic and it's actually very fun. But on the other hand, fun uh, doesn't mean that you want, you know, you, you don't want it to be fun and dangerous. We want it to be fun and safe. So that means that when you are working, you are going to be working in a calm manner close to your tray with your partner and especially if you have to handle instruments such as the needle and the inoculating loop which are metal objects and you'll be actually heating them up in order to sterilize them you don't want to you know make any crazy gestures or walking around with stuff like that or you know try to act in a very controlled and and uh, thoughtful manner also it's always good to first think about what you are going to do and have a plan in your head before you start working it's a little bit like you know cooking a, a complicated meal you don't want to 
start cooking the meal before you are sure that you have all the ingredients and you know you know what kind of I don't know temperature you need to to have for the oven and so on so just plan read the instructions listen to the instructor and be sure that you you know what are you doing and it's better to go slower because sometimes if you want to do things very quickly you can you know get confused you maybe mislabel things or you don't remember into which step of the uh, of the procedure you are and then you may need to start completely uh, you know and you and you then you lose even more time okay um, there are uh, oh something that comes up a lot these age students seem not to like very much taking notes and taking notes is important you have a lab manual you can have if you want uh, you know a notebook or if you are very techy you can take notes on your on your phone or device but it is important that you write down what you're doing and especially to write down what your results are I see it a lot, the students take pictures of their results and then they don't remember what they did. It is, um, you know, there are lab report templates in your handouts where you can, you know, there are tables to put your results, but just get used to write down what you did, how you did it, and especially, again, your results, so you remember not that you remember so you can go back and look up your results you you won't remember your results the week after the the lab ask me how i know it's it's very difficult to remember the details last but not least um let's talk a bit specifically about microscopes and why because microscopes are going to be you know the you're going to use microscopes more than 80 percent in the labs because you're going to be making stainings, looking at the cells, etc. So microscopes, many students have the microscope experience from previous classes, but few students know how to handle the oil objective. You may recall that we talked about the oil objective, the 100X. It uh, uses a special oil called immersion oil, which you are going to put between the lens and the slide so your lens will be actually inside the drop of oil and that will allow you to obtain a much higher magnification and you are going to need oil to absorb bacteria. That's oil, okay? So it is a messier uh, procedure compared to just normal microscopy in the sense that it's you're just using the dry lenses. So when you do oil, you, you have to clean the microscope after you use the oil. And to clean the lenses, you need to use lens paper, okay? Because anything else, if you have any kind of Kim wipe or paper towel, it's Kleenex, etc., that may scratch the lens. And again, glass is the most uh, expensive part of the microscope. So please, after you are done, with oil micro microscopy raise the, the objective and wipe it with lens paper if you don't wipe it well 
or if you make a mistake and instead of turning it the way that you know it goes to the oil um, you may turn it the other way and then you get your 40x oily um, you may experience that you are seeing everything nice and sharp at 4x and at 10x and then you turn to 40x and then everything is blurry and that could be that the uh, the 40x is oily so in that case you need to also clean uh, the uh, the 40x with lens paper and there are also uh, lens cleaners that you can put on the paper and you know you can rub it quite energetically to remove the oil because when the oil dries it's really sticky or you can use alcohol but again for objective lenses only use lens paper um, the oil can also spill on the stage so you want to clean the stage too and that you can clean with the um, you know just normal paper towels and stuff um, there are a number of rules of how to handle the microscope. Those will be explained to you. Follow, you know, common sense. You don't want to grab the microscope by the more, more sensitive parts, like the, where the lenses are. You, you need to handle the microscope through the arm and the base, which are the, the solid parts, support parts of the microscope. And they are not super light so it's good to use two hands to um to carry them you will be putting them away in a certain way which requires you to put as much distance as possible between the stage and the lenses which means that the shorter subjective which is the 4x should be down that way you you can prevent that you know the the more expensive objectives by chance um, you know hitting the stage and um, yeah so microscopes keep them clean keep them organized and carry them and handle them with care because they many students use them and they are not very cheap other than that um, take care of yourself again in the lab and take care of your partners and take care of the uh, of your work um, remember to wash your hands when you arrive and when you leave especially when you leave you don't want to bring anything uh, nasty to your home and if you are taking pictures or writing or recording try to you know keep your devices far away from any microbiology stuff and when you are working with the microbiology cultures and plates etc um, imagine that your hands are let's say radioactive or something nasty so avoid touching your face or your mouth your hair etc so keep your hands away from you until you have thoroughly washed your hands and again keep your personal belongings your notebooks etc far away from the microbiology stuff okay i hope that this helps and you know just remember that lab is fun most students really enjoy working with their hands and doing all kinds of funky experiments just it's good to remember that uh, safety comes first oh and before i forget 
some students may have um, health conditions that may put them, um, you know, may, may make them vulnerable in the case of handling live microbes. So this is some, this is a decision that you have to make with your, you know, primary care provider, your doctor, consult them. If it is it safe to, you know, be handling live microbes and you can always talk to us and we will try to accommodate it. I once had a student who only halfway through the class told me that they had basically uh, cancer and they were going through chemotherapy. As you know, chemotherapy makes depresses their immune defenses. So I was very scared when I I heard that and nothing happened. But after that, I said, you know, you, you shouldn't be handling these live microbes directly just to, you know, prevent an infection. Okay, this is all for today. Thank you very much.